love the Lord. This phrase is so simple to say, but very difficult to do. Our gospel today is one of our crowd favorites, right? The Good Samaritan. Isn't it great that here this man was fell to robbers and, and these two other people walked by and then they didn't respond, but this third, the Good Samaritan, you know, and, and we feel this call to, to be the Good Samaritan, which is actually much easier said than done. I, I could tell you stories. Uh, there was a story, of, um, it was in, in November where, um, had a, well, I'll tell you the story. I started it. So I'm, I'm stopping at Cordes Junction because at the time it was the cheapest gas on the I-17. And I go uh, and I'm walking up and I see this homeless guy kind of like in front of one entrance. And it's raining outside and he, you can see like maybe he needs some assistance or whatever. And Father Matt, the priest, walked in the other entrance. I was like, I don't... I, you know, I don't want to be put in an uncomfortable situation. I'm just going to go around the other side. And so I came out, and the, uh, the guy was actually kind of like, somehow he had gotten over to the gas pumps and was walking like right towards me. And I'm expecting him to say, do you, ha do you have any uh, money? Can you give me some money? But instead, he said, are you heading to Phoenix? So I was caught off guard, and I said, do you need to get there? And he's like, yeah. And then it's raining on us, and I was like, all right, get in. Something I've never done in my entire life. And, and so we get in the car, we're driving, and I was just like, guardian angel, you better have my back on this one. <laughs> and he was a little twitchy, so like twice he like jerked while I'm driving, and I was like, ah, here it is. And then, <laughs> but I'm, here I am, so I survived that story. And I do not endorse picking up hitchhikers, by the way. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a time. But that's, I just noticed that in my inclination of my heart was to avoid the whole situation. And don't we do that? I think college students, if we're honest with ourselves, that person who's socially awkward, maybe, maybe they're on the spectrum or something. They're not as smooth as other people. And we just end the conversation and go somewhere else where we feel more comfortable. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. When Jesus tells us this story, he, he uses the example, you know, the priest and the Levite, that's, you know, the Old Testament. They actually did what they were kind of supposed to do because if they had been made unclean, then they couldn't do what they needed to do. So they had to kind of look out for themselves. The Good Samaritan is the one who was really disliked by the people. And so the fact that Jesus would choose the Samaritan to look like the good person, or how we view it, is really, it's, it's kind of in their face. It would be, I don't know, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> um, it would be like telling about all these great deeds that, you know, this pro-choice person did or something to get political. Because so that, and I, and I think that's where I see this kind of coming out um, today, like what's on my heart, or it's, I've been, as we all know, the Roe v. Wade thing, it's just, 
it's been, it's caused a lot of waves and, and it's brought out a lot of emotion and anger. You know, when you hear, you know, President Biden signing this executive order and, and the not so nice things he said about a lot of people, it becomes very easy to just be like, mm. and so it challenges us. I've had, in the last week, I've had so many people say to me, Father, how come Pope Francis gave communion to Nancy Pelosi? And I hear that response, and I actually feel like, okay, this is the census day. This is the sense of the faithful rising up to say, we're not cool with this. And so I think there's something to be said for that. And actually, it, it actually shows the whole reason why it is permissible to say, hey, no, um, because it can cause incredible scandal to the church, to the community. But what causes tension in my own heart is how come the Pope did that? Now, I don't, you know, he didn't tell me yesterday when we were talking on the phone, so I don't really know, <laughs> I don't really know what he was thinking. But I can't help but wonder if his approach is to treat people according to their dignity and not according to their actions to try to foster them through relationship, maybe? That one definition of mercy I've heard that I really like is to treat someone according to their dignity, not according to their actions. Now, sometimes, according to their dignity, we absolutely need to be held accountable. When you're, when you're forming children and they lie, and you know, there's, there's consequences that to hold somebody accountable, to have justice hit in some way, that's actually loving. But I'm kind of inviting you into my own heart of tension today. Because a lot of good Catholics right now are the person that they find hardest to love is someone, yeah, like Nancy Pelosi, but even Pope Francis. You know, Pope Francis, how come you chose this cardinal? How come you chose this bishop? I, I probably wouldn't have made those decisions, perhaps. But do I trust that the Holy Spirit is at work in his church? In the bride of Christ? Do I trust that maybe, maybe God's actually trying to teach me something here? Because what I recognize, and what actually, what I don't recognize is that I'm trying to love from a wounded heart. Like, I want the world to be as I think it should be. I, I, I wish that every single person knew the love of Jesus Christ, the one who loves us as we are, who accepts us, the one who forgives our sins. Like, that's what I want, and I wanna kinda pull the strings and make the world happen that way. But I have a wounded heart. I, and in my brokenness, I'm seeking to control and move things according to my agenda. But how do I see God love? One image is in, that, in the story of the prodigal son where the son says, I'm going to go make some really bad decisions and embarrass you, publicly humiliate you by, what, by turning my back on you. 
And the father says, you're free to do that. You're free to make really bad decisions that hurt other people. Because our God is so good that he can make a greater good come from that. And so I feel tension with that story. God, how come it's so hard to love people as they are, but instead I want to say the perfect comment so that maybe they'll change? This person says to Jesus, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, with all your mind, to love God first, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're supposed to love God first, and then we're called to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And sometimes I'll say to people, I'm like, okay, so we love God first, which one's second? They're like, oh, we love our neighbor as ourselves. I was like, no, I mean, there's two things there. <laughs> love your neighbor as you have loved yourself. Well, you have to love your neighbor, right? You're supposed to be selfless and love your neighbor. Well, maybe, yes, except that it's kind of like more like help your sister make her bed like you made your bed. Help your friend with their homework as you did your homework, which comes first. That I have to first love myself. Otherwise, I may not have anything to give or I might be trying to do what I say is what's best for them but it might be coming from the brokenness and not from the purity of love. I, I just don't know. So where do I go with that? I turn back to the one that I'm called to love with everything. And actually, that is actually the answer. When the church talked, when Pope uh, Benedict wrote about whether politicians should you know, be denied communion, the first like six points he made were all about how we have um, the duty to form our conscience. We have the duty to be faithful to the teachings of the church. All those things that we're going to be held accountable that, that I'm actually first and foremost responsible for my own conscience, for my own actions. And if I'm loving God with everything and I'm conforming everything to him, well then my whole life will be in conformity with him. It's like a Somebody on TikTok Live, I try to mention that every week, by the way. On TikTok Live this week, somebody said, I don't, I don't believe everything the Catholic Church teaches. Does that make me a bad Catholic? And I was like, well, did the prodigal son lose his identity as a son because he did that stuff? No, he's still part of the family. But do you want to eat with the pigs? Or do you want to enjoy the banquet? Do I want to do it my way for whatever reason? To make people happy? To maybe think that I'll be happy doing it that way? Or do I want to do it his way? And God doesn't force us. I mean, he does hold us accountable and we'll all be judged at the end, at the end of time. But in that space of freedom, he invites me to turn to him and to allow him to conform my mind, my heart, my soul, my will, everything to him. And in this is where we find true freedom. It's where we find happiness. And it's where our ability to love as God loves is unlocked. 
And so I try to love people the best I can. I don't, I don't know that I'm always doing it right. But where do I go from there? Where do I want to keep returning to? To turn back to our Lord. Because you can interpret today this good Samaritan as an image of Jesus. That Jesus leaves the safety of heaven, you could say, and chooses to descend into our wounded brokenness. And he gives of himself completely. And he offers, what, oil and wine. He offers us the sacrament. He pours forth from his side, from his very self, to give us the healing that we need. And that he entrusts you and I to the inn, the church, the hospital for sinners. And says, I'll come back and I will repay. That I will give people their reward. That Jesus is the one who first comes to meet us. And I don't know that I always recognize that. That's the part I said, I don't know that I always see that. I know that I'm broken, but I don't know, I don't know how and where I'm broken. And I think just acknowledging that with humility. Say, I don't, I don't know. From my perspective, I have a perspective and this doesn't seem very good, but I might be seeing it not rightly. Maybe, maybe the Pope sees things differently. Maybe this person sees things differently. I don't think people realize that that's how we actually love women who've had an abortion. I don't think they realize how much we love them. I don't think they realize how much money and hours people have given to Hope Pregnancy Resource Center to be able to walk with women and, and fathers in difficult situations and the resources and classes and companionship that are available to them and the mercy that's extended to women who, who felt like they had no choice and did what violates a mother's own instincts. I don't think people realize that. But in a parallel way, do I realize how the Lord pours forth himself and meets me in my brokenness in the ways that I don't see that I need it? And so today we come to the one who is good. And we show him our wounds. Our judgment that, that may or may not be accurate. And we submit it to the judgment of the church. We submit it to his judgment. Lord, if you are the one who's perfectly love, if you're the one who's peace, if, you're, if salvation comes from you, Salvation comes from the word salve, which means healing. Lord, I need your healing, and I just don't know how. And I want my whole life to be conformed, to be received, to be transformed by your saving love poured out. And then, Lord, I give you permission by your strength and your grace and your guidance that I want to be poured out to that I want to be made uncomfortable, that I don't want to avoid the difficult situation, but I want to go there knowing that you're with me, loving them through them and loving me as I am.